0: David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Are you happy to be here today? Man, there's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. We are, we're excited for what God has in store for us today. We're excited for this next season. We're excited for what God is doing. And and I am, I'm thrilled at this time to welcome uh, our guests that are here with us today. Pastor Tommy and Denora Brandon our exceptional friends of Desiree and, and myself, we met them at a, at a conference uh, maybe a year and a half ago, and they left a lasting impression on us. Um, I heard him speak at, at that uh, event, and I told you last week when I heard him, I said he has to come to Impact City, and I, I went out on a limb and asked him because he has an, uh, just amazing church that, that they're doing just an outstanding work in Fort Worth, Calvary, and uh, I was truly surprised that he said yes, <laughs> but I, I'm grateful for the, the privilege and the opportunity that he has. He, he is a true man of God. He loves God. He loves people. It, it is evident in, in his everyday life, and every time that I get to see him, I'm just, I leave better because of that, and I am grateful that he took time from his beautiful congregation, to come and pour into us. So I'm going to invite you to just take it all in. And we love you uh, today. And I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet and show some love. Make some noise for Impact City's friend, Pastor Tommy Brandon. Amen. Thank you, Pastor.
1: Amen. Amen. Good morning, Impact. I love your church, and I love the church's name. We would be less of a church if we didn't live up to the name. You've chosen a church name of impact, so we better be people that are making a difference in Odessa, Texas. Can I get an amen, somebody? Somebody say this out loud. Say, God, use me to make a difference. Amen, let's clap our hands one more time to the Lord. I'm so thankful you're here today. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated. We'd like to say good morning to those that are watching live with us through your streaming ministry, Uh, to those that are serving in production, thank you. Uh, The days that we're living in, uh, in the church world, production, staff are critical. And uh, this church has done everything in excellence, Uh, knowing my invitation to come, I kind of uh, I kind of got around on the on, on on social media and through the website, and just kind of started looking around. And boy, do you guys shine in the areas of production! And most churches that shine in production, when you get to the local campus, uh, you're like, really, their production is so much better than their campus. But you have such an amazing campus. This this. Uh, Good night. It's like y'all own nine square miles of downtown Odessa. God has been good to this church, and he's been good to your pastor. And I sense the hand and the favor of God upon this church. Your best days are ahead of you. Someone say, "I I receive. So to you, Pastor John, Desiree, and your family, the family of five, I will say, not four. We have beautiful Penelope on the way and uh, the family of five. I honor Pastor Caronco and his beautiful family, and I honor all of you. I'm ready to preach the word of the Lord to you. I, um, I, I, if there's a topic that I feel that uh, from my early, early years of ministry, if there's a topic that I feel strong in, it's the topic of faith. Faith. If you know anything about faith, you know that it's impossible to please God without it. A lot of people want to focus on doctrine. Faith is a part of the doctrine. A lot of people want to focus on theology. Faith is theological. If you can wrap your spiritual journey around faith, you're going to be all right. A lot of people have their own definitions of faith. I came across this probably 20 years ago, and I've used it ever since. It's a, it's a working man's definition of faith. And I feel I'm among friends today that are just good old normal folks. We wake up on Monday, and we hit it hard, don't we? And we give everything we can at, in our jobs and in our families. So you need a working man's understanding of faith. And I want to give it to you. If you want to write it down, I think it would be helpful to you. I see several already taking notes. And everyday working man's definition of faith is God is who he says he is. And God can do what he says he can do. And I believe in him. So how you apply that working man's definition of faith is waking up on a Monday morning after a good Sunday church service. In saying to your, out of your mouth, speaking the words, we don't have the lights, we don't have the sound, we don't have the church campus with the great lobby, with the good coffee, with the greeters. We don't have the musicians, but God is who He says He is, and God can do what He says He can do, and I believe in Him, and we go to work and we run plumbing pipe, and we run electrical wires, and we teach our kids in school classes, and we we serve in the hospital, and we sell cars, and and whatever it is you do for a living, God is who he says he is, and God can do what he says he can do, and I believe in him. Somebody say amen. (laughs) I want you to take out your Bibles today. Let's look at the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. I want to welcome some friends of my wife. Uh, Denora is with me today. My wife Denora is here. If you were wondering who the smoking hot Latina was on the front row, that's my wife. So thankful she fell in love with me. But Denora, I love you so much. And we have friends with us, local friends. They have children that are a part of our church back home in Fort Worth, but uh, to the Ortegas Uh, Welcome to Impact City. I hope you enjoy your visit here today. We're glad you're with us in church. Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to read verse number one and verse number six. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. It's assurance about what we do not see. Verse six, and without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him Must believe that he exists and must believe that he rewards. He exists and he rewards. You got to get this in your spirit today. He exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If you're seeking God, as we just heard this closing song, such an appropriate song, if you're seeking him, you will find him. He's not playing hide-and-go-seek from his children. He's not wanting to make it hard for you to come look and be disappointed. If you will seek him, you will find him. He's ready to be found, and he wants to bless you. So I want to preach to you. I was told that I have three and a half hours. (coughs) There's a few of you that are saved, and a few of you just backslid right there. A few of you said, I like him. Oh, I don't. Not anymore. (laughs) I won't do that to you. I promise you. I want to preach to you. Don't settle. Stay in faith. Every one of us will have an option of settling. But I choose to stay in faith. The scripture tells us of a paralyzed man. A man that spent every day in a bed paralyzed, crippled, couldn't move, couldn't walk, couldn't handle His own personal affairs He had to lean on others But he heard That Jesus was close So he recruited Some helpers And he said the words to them I can't get there on my own But would you bring me to Jesus I hear he's close I want somebody today To know that Jesus is close today He recruited some helpers They loaded him up Bible says they carried him. They carried him all the way to where Jesus was and unfortunately when he got there it was similar to this room. It was crowded and he wanted to find himself at the feet of Jesus. He knew that if he could just get close to him that things would be okay but the room was too crowded. Jesus was sinner. He was teaching and all of a sudden he heard a ruckus upstairs. (coughs) These men knew that they could not bring this paralyzed man through the crowd. So they went on to the rooftop and they dug out the roof. Could you imagine sitting in a classroom being instructed by the great teacher, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and dust particles start falling. Uh, I'm sure people were starting to wonder what in the world's happening. And through the roof, an opening is formed. And these men lower the paralyzed man down to the feet of Jesus. Picking up in Mark chapter number 2, verse 5, the Bible says, seeing their faith. Thank you for having these scriptures available to the production team. I want us to start with verse 5, and I want you to read those three words out loud with me. Are you ready? Seeing their faith. Faith is visible. He saw their faith. They were believing in their hearts. And that's where a lot of us are right now. We're believing God in our hearts. We may have whispered it to our husband or our wife or our children, our parents, our sibling. But most of us are believing God for something in our hearts, believing for a better job, believing for a healing of the sickness. Believing for our marriage to just get through this little rocky time we're in. We're believing God. But I need you to understand today, faith is visible. You can believe in your heart. That paralyzed man could have stayed in his own home and believed that he would be made whole. Believing is powerful. But things change when belief becomes faith. Because faith is active. Faith is not stagnant. Faith, I say it this way, and if you'll just look at me, we'll we'll go back to seventh grade and we'll use some air quotes. Faith works. Faith goes to work. Boy, there's a good sermon right there. Everybody believes for money. Well, get your tail up and go to work. You're dismissed. That's as good of a sermon as we'll ever hear. Faith works. Not only is faith productive, faith faith produces results. It works. You know, it works. Faith works. But faith is also active. Faith moves. Faith does. Faith believes and then it responds. The Bible says Jesus saw their faith. And he says, son, your sins are forgiven. And just like somebody in this room, if you're thinking right now, if you're on your A game, you're thinking, well, he didn't need his sins forgiven. He, he needed a walk. But Jesus always see past what we want to what we need. He wanted to walk. But little did he know that his faith was so strong that he was also going to come into saving faith. He was going to have his sins forgiven. And Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. And someone in the room said, what in the world? How can this man forgive sins? And Jesus kind of sparks back. I love it. This mighty God in Christ, he sparks back. Well, what's more difficult for this man to walk or for his sins to be forgiven? I'll just cover all my divine bases and he says, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Not only will I wash you and cleanse you from your iniquity and sin, but I'll go ahead and heal your body too. What do we learn right here? Faith in God produces more than just what we want. Faith in God will give you what you need. So this sermon covers Everyone in this section, this section, this section, this section. It even covers our children. It covers you that are watching right now. Some of you have wants and some of you have needs, but Jesus can give you both. What do you want? What do you need? Faith in God produces everything that you will ever desire in this life. The Bible told us in our text, it's impossible to please God without faith. Somebody shout faith. Hallelujah. Heard of a story of a man that was a a smoker. My father was a smoker. My father smoked two and a half packs a day, and according to him, those were a a vice in his life. And, And the way he told me, two and a half packs a day were a lot. But I heard of a story of a man that smoked three packs a day, and he wanted to quit. He wanted to be free from the addiction, and he believed God, and he kept smoking. He believed God, and he kept smoking. He prayed, and he kept smoking. And one day, <coughs> everything changed when he bought a brand new pack of cigarettes. He took three cigarettes out of the pack and threw them away. About three months later, bought a new pack of cigarettes, took six cigarettes out threw them away and he went to the Lord and he spoke the words to the Lord I'm trying I don't have a full grip on my issue yet but I'm believing that you're going to heal me from this addiction he was smoking three packs a day and the next thing you know he was down to two and a half he then would buy two packs instead of three and I'm sure if you've had your coffee this morning, you know where I'm going in the story. You've already put it together. It was two packs, one and a half packs, one pack, half pack, three cigarettes, one cigarette. And the rest of the story is faith works. If you have faith at some point, you're going to have to go from just believing God to having faith that is seen. Jesus said he saw their faith. So for everyone in the room that you walked in today with a want, you walked in today with a need, what are you doing to show God that you mean business at having your miracle? Are you sitting quietly and just believing, which believing is good? but at some point we have to put belief into action and that's where faith is activated. Oh, come on now. Come close to me right here and just listen to me. Even in the salvation process, we're saved by grace, but you have to have faith in that grace. Romans tells us you can believe it in your heart, but until you open up your mouth and you confess from your mouth until you speak, there's a step, there's action. You speak from your mouth what's believing in your heart. That's where salvation takes place. Can I get a Sunday amen today? What are you wanting? What are you needing? My question is, what are you doing? What steps of faith are you taking? James chapter 2. Let's look at James chapter 2 verse 17. Faith by itself if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Dead faith. Well, I have faith. Is it alive? If it's alive, it's stepping. It's working. It's moving. It's swinging the bat. I never made it far in baseball, but I remember my coach in About junior high, I was playing a little bit of baseball. And back in those days when we're so young and little, we don't know much about the sport we're learning. I remember my coach, his name was Coach Gregory. Coach Gregory said, if any of you strike out, you better strike out swinging the bat and not looking. Let me just talk to somebody in this room. I know you're worried about striking out, but I'm more concerned about you swinging the bat. If you're needing a miracle in your life and we're going to be praying over you here shortly. I'm believing God's going to break some chains off of somebody today. I'm believing God's going to restore some things today. <laughs> but I also know I'm asking you to swing the bat. Somebody say better about a swing. That's right. You better you better get ready to swing the bat today cuz God's looking for somebody that has faith that's active that's working. Dead faith, you know what dead faith says? Dead faith says, Lord, if you'll give me the power to break this addiction, I'll stop. Dead faith says, God, if you'll open the doors, I'll step in. Dead faith says, God, if you'll give me a raise, I'll start tithing. Dead faith says, God, if you'll change her heart, I'll, I'll, I'll ask for forgiveness. Always getting quiet up at impact. We've, we've, we've got to flip it. We've got to flip it. We've got to take steps by faith to produce what we're looking for. If you'll start getting to work a little earlier, God will put that optic in the eyes of your employer Instead of you saying, God, if you'll give me a raise, I'll show up a little early and work a little harder. Faith says I'm going to be the first one there and the last one to leave because I want God to bless my steps of faith. God will see you bringing home flowers and taking her out and, and taking him on a date. And instead of us saying, God, if you'll just make her A little sweeter, I'll bring some flowers home. I think I'm striking a chord somewhere. All the ladies said, preach it, preacher. It's amazing what steps of faith will do. Just imagine, Denora and I, we're working on 25 years of marriage, and and just imagine if I've only told her I love you at the wedding altar in San Antonio, Texas, and never said it since. Just imagine if the only gift I'd ever given her was the engagement ring only. Just imagine where we would be as a couple if, if, the only, uh, if the only affection shown, the only intimacy had would have been on a honeymoon trip one time in 25 years. Faith requires steps. Relationships require work. And you're in a relationship with the almighty God. The paralyzed man could have stayed home and said, well, I know he can, but I'm just gonna believe that he will. But when that roof opened up, faith tearing off shingles on a roof caused the deity, the divine deity, the mighty God in Christ, it caused all heaven trapped in a fleshly body to be sparked and thought, I've not seen faith like this. Faith enough to come, faith enough to open up a roof And faith enough to come into the crowded room? (laughs) Sounds like the woman with the issue of blood. He could have walked on by in the crowd and she could have said, well, maybe it's for someone else. But no, she got a little selfish with her need and want and pushed through the crowd. Some of you have been wanting your marriage better. Instead of wanting it, why don't we have faith to do something about it? Why don't we go to work on it? Somebody say, I receive. receive. Do you? Do you receive? Do you receive the word of God over your life today? Because at the end of the moment, what we're talking about is somebody willing to take a step, not settling, but staying in faith. I was talking recently, I say recently, it was in the earlier part of this year, with a young couple. Not enough money, not enough time, uh, too much pressure, too much stress. Both were uh, college degreed. Both were sharp, but they felt like they they, they were not advancing. And you you may not can tell a 60-year-old this with only, you know, maybe 10, 20 years left of work, but when you're in your 20s, you got some time ahead of you. You can afford to take some steps of faith. I looked them in the eye and I said, "Well, why haven't you done anything about it?" And they said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Why haven't you applied elsewhere?" "Oh, we're we're good." I said, "Time out. You asked to talk to me and the whole 30 minutes you've been talking, it's been how bad things are. And now when I ask you have you applied elsewhere, you said you're good. Yeah, it's just that whole application process. It's just that whole interview process." Everyone say settled. They were willing to settle (coughs) with all of the issues that were not the blessings of God instead of taking what they wanted and needing and activating faith to see it happen. Are you following this today? Is this connecting to your spirit? I know this is a strong statement, but I pray that there's a Holy Ghost conviction that makes you realize you've been stagnant. You've been sitting, you've been settling. You can't afford to settle. God has not called his children, his family to settle. He's got more for you, he's got greatness for you. If you settle, it's on you. Because God has more than enough. He just wants to know, will you tear a roof off? Will you press through a crowd? He just wants to know, do you want it and need it? And do you believe that I am who I say I am and that I can do what I say I can do? Will you have faith in God? Can we just clap our hands on a Sunday morning and receive the word over our lives? Genesis chapter 12, I'll be quick here. Genesis chapter 12, the Lord said to Abram, get thee out of that country, leave your family, leave your daddy's house, and I'm gonna gonna take you to a land that I will show you. How many of us really want to pack up and leave not knowing where we're going? None of us we always have an itinerary we always have a schedule Pastor John and I we have the same love language it's called food I knew where we were eating before I left Tarrant County he told me of this little Mexican breakfast place yesterday brought me there good Lord I felt the Holy Ghost fire <laughs> maybe it was the salsa I don't know But we had a plan, we had a schedule, we had an itinerary. Abram had no plan, he had no schedule, he had no itinerary. But yet he had faith. And he was willing to go without knowing where he was going. Verse 2, I'll make you a great nation, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to make your name great. You're going to be so blessed that you're going to be a blessing to others. Verse 3, I'm going to bless people that bless you. I'm going to curse people that curse you. And in, in these shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed. He left not knowing where he was going. He just knew he had to take a step of faith. He departed, and the Lord, uh, as the Lord spoke to him, and Lot, he went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Now, this is an interesting note. I won't be much longer, so everybody just kind of hang in there with me just for a few more minutes. This is interesting He left, was walking towards the blessings of God. But what's crazy about this, the blessing that came upon Abram was intended for someone else. It was actually intended for his father. His father was named Terah. And the Bible tells us, we just read from Genesis 12, the Bible tells us in Genesis 11, just one chapter earlier, that his father had the blessing of God on his life, but he never got to it because he settled. Genesis 11, I want you to see it with me. He was headed for the land of Canaan. This is the land of promise and blessing. But they stopped. Everyone say stopped. They stopped at Haran and they settled. Everybody say settled. They stopped and they settled. And Tara lived for 205 years and died there. God called him to the blessing. But he got tired. He got sleepy. He got distracted. He lost his focus. He lost his attention. And the Bible says he settled. He just settled, settled in his job, settled in his marriage. Settled in his parenting. Settled in his finance. Settled in his health. Settled in his dreams. Settled in his prayers. He just went ahead, took the white flag out, and said, I surrendered to dreaming. I surrendered to praying. I surrendered to believing. I'm just going to settle right here. And the Bible says that's where he died. Some of you are believing God, but you've never taken a step to see the miracle come. And you'll never see anything different than where you are right now until you step. You cannot afford to settle. Settling in your misery. Settling in your anxiety. Settling in your fear. Settling in your poverty. Settling in your victimization. Settling is right where you'll spend the rest of your life. But God has more for you. God's calling you. And you don't know where it is, but God's got you. If you're just willing to not settle, but stay in faith. Let's clap our hands one more time to the Lord today. (laughs) Same thing happened with the children of Israel as I come to a close. The children of Israel heading to the promised land, they got close enough my good friend, Brother Larry, that's in the service today, he and I have a passion that we share called hunting, and you're only as good out in West Texas in hunting as your optics are. We're not in East Texas where we're hunting within just close proximity, but out here in the, in the flatlands, we need, some, we need some extra vision every now and then. Can I get an Amen. They got close enough to the promised land that they used their optics. And they looked into the promised land. You gotta understand, this was land that God promised them. But yet when they looked in there, they saw someone else living in the land that God gave them. And instead of mustering up faith, instead of mustering up courage, instead of mustering up desire and passion, They settled. The Bible says that they built permanent homes where they should have only lived in tents. They stopped short from where God was bringing them. Your marriage has not even seen the full blessing of love and romance and intimacy and joy and peace. You've not even seen it. You can't afford to stop now. You may even say, well, I have a good marriage It's better than some. Good is the enemy of great. Well, I have a good job. It's better than some. Good is the enemy of great. God's not called you to mediocrity. He's not called you to just being good. He's not called Impact City to just being another good church option in town. No, God doesn't deal with good. I'd rather godly than good any day of the week. So ladies and gentlemen in Impact City... (laughs) Don't settle. Well, I can live with this. It's just a little bit of sickness. Don't settle. God's a healer. Well, I can live with this. It's just a little bit of debt. We can manage it. Don't settle. He's the God of abundance and prosperity. Well, my kids, are, they're just kids. They're going through a rough patch. Don't settle. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Oh, oh, it's, it's, it's okay, it's, it's, it's good. Good's not good enough for the people of God. He's calling us to more. He's calling us to greater. He's calling us to higher. How do I know? As I close with this final scripture, 1 Corinthians, I want us to read it as a congregation as you stand with me, standing all over the room. I want you to read it out loud. Are you ready? I hath not seen nor ear heard Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. My question is, do you love God? Because if you love him, he's got more for you. If you love him, he's got a wellspring for you. He's got abundance for you. He's got blessings for you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel faith rising in the room because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Did you realize you came in here at at maybe a four in faith and only because you came, you're now greater than a four. Some of you walked in as an eight and can I tell you something, only because you chose to show up, you're higher than an eight. Some of you said, well, I'm a 10 when I walked in here. Well, you're higher than a 10. You are so close to seeing everything change in your life because you've been in the hearing of God's word and your faith has been elevated. So, with the elevation of faith, it's time to step. I'm so thankful for a pastor and Pastor John that told me to take my liberty. So many pastors are concerned of a guest maybe messing things up because he knows I'm about to leave town. But he said, Pastor Tommy, I trust you. Do what you need to do. I'm ready to pray for somebody today. Right now, all over this room, all over this room, if you feel like you can believe again, if you feel like maybe, maybe, maybe I need to respond to what I'm hearing, if you need a miracle, in any area of your life, if you need a miracle, God is who He says He is. God can do what He says He can do. And I believe Him. If you need a miracle in your life, I want you to come quick. Come quick and stand right here. If you need a miracle. If you need a miracle. and so your, your miracle may involve someone else that's not here. Your miracle may involve someone that's gone today. Someone that's at home today. Someone that's sick today in a hospital. Some of you need a miracle in your marriage. I'm going to pray for that. I, I, I don't do this often. My wife is here as a living witness. This is out of character for me, but I feel led in the Holy Ghost. Someone's trying to have a child. And you've been struggling in the areas of reproduction. I will not ask you who you are. You know it. And out of respect and privacy of your life, you know who you are. But if this has been an issue in your home and you've been believing God for a baby, today's the day that God's going to release a miracle into your womb. You're going to bring forth a child and that baby will be healthy. That baby will be healthy and strong. I am amazed at the response do you know what this altar represents wants and needs wants and needs some of you want to walk in the area that you feel paralyzed you want to walk in the areas that you feel like you've been laying in the bed every day and you've been immobile you want to walk others of you you need forgiveness You need your sins washed away. You need a little dose of grace and mercy. You need a touch from only the supernatural. You need a a blessing of the Holy Ghost in your life. So for you that want to walk and for you that need cleansed, come into faith right now. All over the room. All over the room, especially those in this altar. I come into faith with you. I come into faith with you. I need you to do this with me. Just right there where you are. There's no right way or wrong way of your posture. But I need you to be in the moment. I want you to do two things for me. Make sure you understand what you're believing God for. Get it isolated in your heart. Is it a healing? Is it a raise? Is it reconciliation with a loved one? Is it the is it the do you need to forget something from yesterday? Is there something back there in childhood that you just need God to erase? Come on. Whatever it is, I need you to get it in your heart. <coughs> now you do not have to do this in the physical, but in the spiritual. I need you to lift up your eyes above that problem and you are seeing God, God's greater than your problem. He's your answer. He is your solution. He is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do. In the mighty name of Jesus, I lift my eyes above my problem to the promise. I will not settle Even if where I'm at is just good, it's not godly. I will not settle for average. I will not settle for mediocre. I will not settle for less than your best for my life. I take a massive step of faith. I've already taken one from a pew to an altar. But now in the Spirit, I take another step in the Spirit. And I release this over to your care. I place it in hands that have more ability than my own. I trust you, God. I seek you today. On October 15th, the year 2023, everything's changing for me. I'm I'm going from three packs a day to none. (laughs) I'm going from paralyzed to walking. I'm going from stuck in my own fear to freedom. I'm stuck. In chaos but I'm coming into peace and joy I'm walking out into grace and mercy I ask you in the name of Jesus let all authority in heaven be released into the people of God be healed be free (coughs) be delivered be forgiven and we pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth fresh wind of the Holy Spirit Breathe upon the people of God. Let wind come into their sail and change everything in their life. We place our faith and trust in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands one more time to the Lord. Amen.